by Alta Hensley. The winner takes all. I had her, she was mine. They took her away. Laropi Morelli is the dream I've been chasing. My obsession isn't gone. My hunger's not satisfied. I won't rest until I find her and claim her again. I won't rest until I've dragged her safely back to Wonderland. Villains don't get the happily ever after written for them in this story. And I'm the villain of this story, vicious and calculating, terrifying in my whims, which is why when it comes to my queen of hearts, the game has just begun. Welcome to the Midnight Dynasty. The Warren Morelli and Constantine families have enough glad blood to fill an ocean and their brand new stories will be told by your favorite dangerous romance authors. That's Ace of Diamonds by Alta Hensley. Check it out now. It's live October 4th. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. We are here for the second installment of Fit to be Stapled by Lauren Smith. We're so excited to have her with us and all her amazing books. Before that, we're going to chat just a little bit and tease you for the second one. (laughs) So we're pre-recording this before I go on vacation for a few days. A few days. I'm going for five. (laughs) Five nights to be exact. Um, But this week, I know it's like everybody knows we're leaving. And so shit keeps popping up, you know, it's like, I swear to God, it's like my pets know because randomly on Saturday, Blueberry gets this rash all over her head, like just out of nowhere. It's like oozy and bloody. And I'm like, like, it was like that. Yeah. Friday, it wasn't there. Saturday, it was. And I'm like, well, you're not getting an emergency vet visit because that's not life threatening. (laughs) So we're just going to wait till Monday. And so, of course, like, I go Monday. They don't know what the hell it is, but they're going to have, they have to give her steroids and antibiotics and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And they're like, we're giving her new medication, so you're going to need to keep an eye on her for a couple of days. I'm like, bad news about that. <laughs> I'm like, she's supposed to go to the kennel this week while we're going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, my vet's so great. She's like, well, actually, there's our vet tech here keeps animals. And she's really great because she's a vet tech. So she can keep an eye on her. She can administer the medications. If anything's wrong, she can just bring her in to work with her. And I was like, you know what? I like this solution. So I it's like, okay, one. I got that squared away. Then all of a sudden, my cat starts throwing up. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is happening with everybody? It's like, we pulled the suitcases out and everybody's losing their fucking mind. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I know, I can imagine because you've got little ones that are in school and you're oh running around getting clothes ready. Your kids go mm-hmm. to different schools, mind yep. you, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And-, and that's that's a whole other thing. Outside of like, okay, I need to make sure they've got enough laundry. My parents are coming to stay here and they're so awesome. And so like, I don't really have to worry about anything really while they're gone. But there's some things where it's like my parents just aren't used to their schedules. Mm -hmm. So it's like I had to make my daughter her own calendar in addition to the refrigerator calendar so that she would know who's picking her up what days and like what day she's got banned and and how because it's different times every fucking day. And I don't know why they can't keep it the same time, but it's not. And then just like, okay, well, she's doing fencing here and she's going to go. A lot. 
Oh, no, I lot. figured it's you were lot. like running around because you went quiet the past few days. And uh-huh. what's so odd is I'm I planned a trip last week and uh-huh. I realized when I was doing it, I was like, this is so simple. <laughs> I was well, like, my kids because your kids are older. My kids are older. I yeah. just called uh-huh. my mom and dad. I was like, hey, Peyton's gonna come hang out. He's mm-hmm. going to check the litter. When he comes home from school, he has to come over, check the litter, feed the cats. Uh-huh. Isabel, I mean, she's on the brink of 17. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to keep the house. It's she's right. Gonna... She's smelling 17 right now. Yeah. yeah. So she's just, she's going to keep an eye on the house. Come mm-hmm. and go to school. And I'm like. Well, I mean, how much can she really get into with your parents next door? You know, I mean, it's not like, she's not going to throw a kegger, you know, like. And I. Her girlfriend's over here all the time. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's so funny. <laughs> she texted me the other day. So I have the Life app. I was I would talk to her before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I seen I don't the know. Life 360? The Life three sixty. Yes. Yeah. I don't know uh-huh. what the fuck she was doing, but she was going eighty seven miles an hour. Oh girl. And I texted her and I said, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But I better not see this come up as eighty seven miles an hour again. And you better pray. Your father doesn't check the app. Ooh, so I told shit. her this. This was like a week or two ago. And she's like, uh-huh. I apologize. I'm sorry. And uh-huh. then so the other night, I'm like, me and my husband were playing tennis. I'm at like Burger King. I'm not even paying attention because I knew she was at her girlfriend's house. Uh-huh. And she texts me. This is what she texts me. She goes, it's just randomly. It's at 1030 uh-huh. at night. She texts me. Mom, I want you to know I'm not the one driving. It's Alora's parents. Please don't be mad. I love you. I would die for you. <laughs> because then, so then I go into her text app and I see that the car is going like 90 miles an yeah. hour. Oh, shit. But it's her parents going uh-huh. up. I know where they're headed because they yeah. live like in the town more north of us, which is uh-huh. country, which I can see you. I would probably hit 90 on that highway yeah. too because nobody's on it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's not me driving. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love you. Sad. I would talk for you. So it's so it, is it that much easier though, just to plan a trip and be like, oh, okay, I'm just not going to be home. Yeah, I, I asked her. I said, you know, I said, hey, what do you want to do? I said, I can have Josh come over and watch the cats, or mm-hmm. do you think you got it? And she's like, I got it. I was like, you just have to feed them wet food and change the litter in the yeah. morning and night. Check it. That's it. That's it. Oh, man. God, that's so thing. nice. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I can't move <laughs> because I'm just so tired. Where are you going? You you didn't even say. Like when you oh, the trip. I'm going to. Well, my friend she wanted to get away because her mom had passed away, and it's going to be her mom's birthday. Okay. So we yeah. combined places that we would like to go. Okay. So we are going to Vegas. Oh, nice. For like okay. two or three nights, uh-huh. and then we rent a car and we drive down to Sedona. Oh, I love Sedona. And I've never been to Arizona. I've oh always my God. wanted to go. Sedona is the, it's so beautiful. You'll love it. It's beautiful. She found a house with a lot of acreage around it and stuff mm-hmm. for us to go hiking. Because that's what I do. I want to go hiking if it's yeah. not too crazy yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. And then I guess my husband's so excited because I guess one of the owners, one of the people of Tool owns a winery down there. Oh, nice. Okay. So we're going to be going there. 
Oh, that'd be fun to check out. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend when you're down there, if you just want to do something fun and touristy, do the pink Jeep tour. That was the one that we did. Um, Kevin and I, we took mm -hmm. the kids on it, but we went, we did the sunrise one. And that's what was so cool about it is like, you got to see, they took you up in the Jeep. They took you all through these like mountains and stuff. And you got to see the sunrise out there. And there's like, the there's like paintings and stuff on the rocks from like cavemen and everything you get to see oh, wow. like and it was gorgeous i i can't recommend it enough it was kind of touristy but it was just us in the jeep and it was such a cool experience i find it so weird that i've never been to Ares. i've been like everywhere over around there, except Ares. Yeah. <laughs> i have no mm -hmm. idea how i missed arizona i've been yeah. utah new mexico everywhere mm -hmm. just not arizona for some weird ass reason yeah. we went there um it, if you we actually did backwards what you're doing it was that time we had rt in vegas yeah. So Kevin and I and the kids, we flew to Phoenix because he had a work trip there and then we drove up, but we spent a couple of days around there and we went to Sedona and then we, we drove up and did, um, there's Capitol Reef. There's like a national park that's there. So if you need a place to stop on the way, mm -hmm. that place is really, it's one of the least, it's the least visited national park in the country. And it is incredibly beautiful. It's just really hard to get to because there's nothing around it. It's like you drive for hours and there's nothing. But once you get out there, it's we got there at night. And the next morning, we walked out of the hotel room and Kevin and I were both like, holy fuck. Because it was like you, it was like mountains grew around us and we had oh no God. idea it was there. Yeah. That was well, we were looking at houses to rent in Sedona and these mm -hmm. people, I don't know. I'm a millennial. You can't <laughs> trick me. Okay. <laughs> They're like, I'm like out of the corner of my eye. I think I see this parking lot. So we're trying to get a house by mm -hmm. itself kind of with some views. Yeah. And I was like, is that a parking lot right there? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Let me see if I can get a picture. Because they don't give you the exact location. They give you the area. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm like, I'm a fucking millennial. Let me get my little orange guy from Google Maps. I'm yep. dropping down on the ground. Uh -huh. I'm walking this whole motherfucking yep. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're like, I'm going to check this shit out. <laughs> I went on every street up and down. <laughs> I know this neighborhood as good as you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for you. That's going to be such a fun trip. Especially go to Vegas for a few days. That'll be fun. And then take your time and get I'm relaxed. Really, yeah. I'm just really excited because we did our trip to Florida like we did every year. But yeah. this year mm -hmm. I'd had like the mental breakdown and mm -hmm. I was in a really bad place. So I wasn't super excited about going it, going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was more of a fake it. Uh -huh. Kind of till you make it trip, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like I was glad to be away and not have to worry about work, but I wasn't like enthused. But okay. this trip, yeah. now that I'm like stable and medicated. <laughs> <laughs> Medication like, does wonders. <laughs> I'm like, super excited. Like I'm like, this yeah, is gonna be yeah. awesome. I can't oh, it's wait. It's gonna be a great trip. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be looking forward to it. Yeah. I think with this one I'm going on, I think I'm most looking forward to like really just being able to talk to Kevin and not have like a million things interrupt us and 
Because it feels like, you know, I see him for like 20 minutes a day now. I thought that too, because I was like, it's going to be a little nice. I mean, mm-hmm. it's easy to take my kids with me because they're so much older. But yeah. I thought it's going to be nice because whenever I travel with this couple, mm-hmm. we always take our kids. I was mm-hmm. like, it's going to be nice to travel with this couple and for once not have our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be able to do what the four of you want to do and not have to take into consideration anybody else. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you'll be able to, like, go to shows and stuff if you want or just go out to eat. And Oh, my God. You're going to go to Ramsey's. Fuck, it's going to be so good. You forget I have a Ramsey's. Oh, that's right. You have one now. Your hair is. Man, you're all fancy. Mm-hmm. There's other great places there. Oh, what's oh, in I'm the sure. That's My husband isn't even a big drinker or gambler. Mm-hmm. He goes to Vegas for restaurants. And yeah. he will always mm-hmm. have, like, two planned a day. Mm-hmm. So I'm it. probably gonna go. That's a. I don't eat that much anymore, so I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna go to one of those. Um, marijuana makes me hungry. So I'm gonna go, <laughs> gonna go, go to a dispensary. Some, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go to a dispensary, and I'm gonna uh-huh. get some edibles so that oh, I can yeah. keep up with his eating. <laughs> Do it. That sounds amazing. Oh my god! I like I said. I, I think that's what I, I'm like. The resort we're at is all inclusive, and I'm just looking forward to eating. Like, I, I watched the video. There was, like, a 30-minute video where you could tour the resort, and I watched the whole I thing. I do that, too. And I was YouTube? like, right, what restaurants what? And I'm already looking at the restaurants, and they're like, this is the ice cream room. And it was, like, this little, like, coffee house. And they mm-hmm. and they were like, they serve coffee and gelato here. And I was like, I'll be there seven days a week. Okay, great. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's going to be nice. I know. It's going to be awesome. Anyways, let's talk about Lauren Smith a little bit before we get too deep into this. I know I mentioned it on Tuesday's episode, but check out her audiobooks. If you love audios, if you're listening now and you want more audiobooks, fall into the Lauren Smith rabbit hole. You yeah. will not be disappointed by it, I swear. Everything I've ever read by her is awesome. So, I mean, just just do it. That's all I got to say. Um she has got a new book that's coming out. And again, I know I talked about this on Tuesday, but I'm so excited for it. Um, her upcoming release, The Wartime Matchmaker, is a historical romance. It's two stories in one book. It's fiction, but it's based on the true story of two 25-year-old women in World War II near London who set up England's first official matchmaking agency. One girl falls for a rakish Air Force royal air force pilot and the other falls for a quiet intense british commando the book also involves dozens of smaller love stories based on true stories from their clients of different couples having meet cutes in england during the war she says it's one of the best books i've ever written and it will make you ugly cry in a great way and it's got a happily ever after Love it. I love it. Everything about that sounds fantastic. Um, if you want are listening to this book this week, Fit to be Stapled, and you want more contemporary romance, check out um, Tenting Prince Charming. And what was it you said? Um, which one was free right now with that one? Oh, I think the first one before it. Dang it, I pulled it down. I know. I'm sorry. Actually, so I know you mentioned it. But what I want you guys to do, if you ever go to Amazon and you go to sort, when you go to the author's page, you can go from price 
gauge and it'll say zero to whatever. Oh, okay. So Legally Charming is the one that's before that. It's free. Just okay. like Wicked Desires is free mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So Wicked Designs will be free right now. That's the first book in her Regency Romance series. She's just released a new version of that one, which is the illustrated coffee table book that's got the not suitable for work images. And she has a lot of great books that are 99 cents too. Yes. Forbidden Start in the London series, mm-hmm. which is great. So you can jump into a lot that, of these I would to say like for 99 yes. cents. If you love a good Regency romance, she's got you. You love a good contemporary. You love a good paranormal. Like it, anything like that, she's got these. She's got a whole catalog of books. And I love that she's got so many audios. I think that's why I'm obsessed with her books. Is because she's got so many audios. Like, she went straight to my heart. Um, Her giveaway this week is Tempting Runs Charming. She's given a signed paperback of that to five winners. Make sure you enter this week's giveaway for that. She said it's open internationally. Internationals can win ebooks. So, make sure you enter. Um, I guess that's it right now. You want to send them into the second? Send them in. We'll see you guys on the other side. Chapter 3. Spencer had but an instant to brace his body above Kate's before his weight would have crushed her. Ow, Kate groaned beneath him. Fuck, Spencer muttered as he withdrew from her body and fell back on his ass next to the broken desk. He fumbled with his trousers and zipped himself up before he carefully lifted Kate up onto her feet with gentle hands, so they were both standing next to the broken desk. She gazed between him and the desk with an almost dumbfounded look, Her skirt was still halfway up her thighs, and he gently tugged it down into place. We broke it, he said, as if she needed an explanation for what had just happened. She snorted a little stifled laugh. You broke it with those piston hips of yours. A laugh suddenly escaped him. Piston hips? Kate grinned dreamily, and he could tell her body was still enjoying the bliss of her post-orgasmic state. Oh, yeah. You rammed me like a train. She swayed unsteadily and he gently tucked her into his arms so she wouldn't fall. Is that a bad thing? He'd had no complaints before now about his often wild, rough sexual style. Nope. What's the opposite of bad? She toyed with the open collar of his shirt, her fingers moving lazily between his skin and the fabric as though she was fascinated. I think the opposite of bad is supposed to be good. He threaded his fingers in her hair again, marveling at the silky texture. Very good, she amended. You almost broke me too, and I loved it. She was talking openly, and he liked that. But he had a feeling that when she came down from the high of this encounter, she would button herself up again and hide this charming Kate he adored. Why don't you and I both freshen up and I'll take you home, he said as they walked down the hall to the private restrooms on their floor. Okay, she said. He let go of her reluctantly. Kate. She paused right at the bathroom door when he spoke her name. Yeah? I just realized we didn't use protection. He had never forgotten to use that ever until her. If anything happened, it was his fault. He'd been the one to get carried away. It's okay, I'm protected, but I appreciate you asking, she said with a strangely wistful look he didn't understand. Then she slipped into the bathroom. He waited a moment before he used the men's room to clean himself up. 
He washed his hands and hastily dug his fingers through his hair, trying to fix the must look she'd given him by running her fingers through his hair. While she was inside the restroom, he returned to her desk, picked up her purse from the floor, and set the items he'd knocked off into a pile by the splintered legs. He made a mental note to ask their office manager to order a new desk soon. When Kate emerged from the bathroom, the shy Kate was back. She blushed wildly as he held her purse out to her. Let's get you home, Spencer said as they headed toward the elevator. His driver, Harris, was waiting for them. Sir? Harris greeted and opened the door. Miss Kate? He added as he saw Kate with Spencer. Hi, Harris, Kate replied. Still shy, she climbed into the back seat. Spencer got in beside her and she gave her address to the driver. They stopped at her apartment a few minutes later and Spencer eyed the less than appealing apartment building where Kate lived. If Kate stayed working at Howe, he would make sure they gave her better than competitive pay so that they could move her out of this place. I'll walk you inside. Spencer followed her out of the car. You don't need to- Whatever else I am, I am still a gentleman, he told her with a small smirk. He was surprised how much he already missed teasing her and her teasing him. The easy camaraderie they'd shared so briefly was gone, and he missed it with a deep-seated ache that stunned him. He opened the apartment complex door for her, and they both stopped at the bay of elevators. She didn't immediately press the button, and neither did he. This can't change anything, she said. Please tell me you agree with that. Change anything? He asked quietly, a little confused. Yes, we can't let anyone know that we did that. Her eyes were wide with worry. That we broke your desk. He tried to get her to smile. And other things, she said. But the smile she tried to return was too tight. It won't change anything, he said. You can see it as a moment of madness, if you wish. Yeah, madness, she said, her eyes deep wells of sorrow. I'll see you Monday. She pressed the up button for the elevator. He grabbed her arm, pulling her to him and enfolding her in his embrace as he stole one long, lingering kiss. Her mouth was soft, her lips like petals, and she was just as fragrant as any flower. He stroked his thumbs along her jaw and his gaze searched hers. If you need anything this weekend, call me. I know you have my cell number. She managed a little nod. Okay, then. He kissed her forehead once more, then the elevator doors opened, and he watched her walk inside before the doors closed between them. He turned and walked away. As he let Harris drive him home, he replayed the encounter over and over, becoming more and more convinced that he had a very big problem. He wanted Kate, not just for a while, but forever. Kate spent the entire weekend in her apartment in her coziest loungewear, taking turns between eating the occasional bowl of ice cream and frantically cleaning her apartment until every surface glowed. By Monday morning, she still hadn't decided what she was going to do about her situation. As she got off the elevator onto the floor for how marketing, her eyes shot straight to where her desk had been. It was gone. No broken desk was there. No new desk was there either. Oh, thank God, there you are. Mary Ellen leapt up from her workstation and rushed toward her. What's the matter? The woman's face was pale. I got to work and your desk was gone. Everything along with it. 
I was worried you might have left. I also found this note on my desk to send to the office manager, Mr. Lang. It's from Mr. Howe. She held out a letter to Kate, who took it and read the words, Mr. Lang, please replace my secretary's, scratch that, Ms. Kate Cross's broken desk with something that can handle a lot of hard stapling. Sincerely, Spencer Howe, CEO. The word my secretary had been crossed out with a pen, and Kate's name had been written above it as a correction in Spencer's handwriting. Huh, that's so weird. I mean, it was sort of an older desk with tiny spindle legs. Kate's gaze drifted to Spencer's office door. It was wide open. Is that Kate? Send her in here, Spencer called out. Here, let me have those. You've been summoned. Mary Ellen took Kate's coat and purse. Kate walked toward Spencer's office door, her heart pounding frantically. Yes, she asked as she stopped just a few inches inside his office. He had his shirt sleeves rolled up again, and Kate blinked at the sight of those arms that were fast becoming a weakness to her. He leaned over the printed sheets of the Lockwood annual report. He glanced up at her, and the look in his gaze was all business. The report is done. I wanted you to have a hard copy for your work portfolio. He collected the pages he'd been reviewing and stacked them before handing them over to her. Thanks, uh, Mr. Howe. You're welcome. Oh, and apparently your desk broke this weekend. The cleaning staff reported it to me on Sunday. I have set you up in an office down the hall with a temporary desk. Tell Mary Ellen where you'll be in case she needs you. Sensing she had been dismissed, she turned to walk away. The broken desk that represented the amazing sex they'd shared was now gone and seemingly forgotten. Kate walked down the hall to the office that was next to Richard's and saw a new desk and computer workstation all set up and ready to go. She stole one more glance down the hall at Spencer's office and the now closed door. So that was it. Whatever had happened between them was now over, he was respecting her request because she asked him to. You okay? Mary Ellen asked. Hmm? You look like a concrete truck hit you, hon. Mary Ellen peered over her shoulder into the new office. It's nice, this office. It's been empty since Steve retired last year. He was one of our other senior account managers along with Richard. Oh? Yep. Rumor is Mr. Howe, Richard, that is, plans to fill the position before he retires. Mary Ellen squeezed her shoulder with a smile. Well, I'm slammed. I better get back to work. Me too. She sat down at her desk and got to work. It was close to noon when someone knocked on her open door. She looked up to find Richard Howe leaning against the door jamb. He was in his early 60s, a fit, attractive man with wavy dark hair mixed with silver. He had the same intense brown eyes as his nephew. He also wore a suit very well. Ms. Cross. Are you free? Yes. She stood and straightened her suit jacket. Excellent. I'd like to take you to lunch. He smiled at her, a fatherly sort of smile that put the swarm of nervous butterflies to sleep. She grabbed her purse and coat before following him to the elevators. Is Spencer coming with us? She asked. No. He has a meeting with Mr. Lockwood today to go over the finalized annual report since they have to release it this afternoon. Oh, right. They took a cab to a high-end restaurant that was always busy and nearly impossible to get reservations at. Your usual booth, Mr. Howe? The restaurant hostess asked as she collected two menus for them. 
Yes, thank you, Patricia, Richard said. They were escorted to one of a trio of booths against one wall at the back of the restaurant. After they ordered lunch, Richard sat forward, his elbows resting on the table. Kate, I'm retiring at the end of this month. We'll need to fill my senior account manager position when I leave. Kate didn't say anything since she wasn't sure what he wanted her to say. I've been impressed with your work and frankly, your work ethic. We have had other associates working toward their MBAs. They were good, but they didn't have the dedication or the adaptability you have. You also don't overwork. Overwork? She didn't like the sound of that. Yes, my nephew Spencer is a workaholic. At my age, I realize the value of work, but also the value of living. What matters when we are gone isn't how many hours we spent in the office, but rather the quality of those hours. Because what we did with our lives, with our hearts, with our passions, is what people remember, now that you worked 60 or 70 hours a week. He steepled his fingers, suddenly pensive. I never went to college. It wasn't something a small town boy like me could afford when I had siblings to support. I worked hard, built up my own business, and never gave up so my family's next generation had more opportunities. Spencer has never had anything handed to him. He's worked as hard as anyone else in the family, but I fear because he feels like he's had it easier, he's lost himself in the work to prove otherwise. How, how do I fit in? She asked. Our office will need a sense of balance when I'm gone. Someone who will keep Spencer from working all hours of the day and night. You think someone can keep him from doing that? I can't imagine anyone who could tell Spencer what to do. Richard smiled. I think there are a few people who can tell him what to do. And I believe you might be one of them. Me? Kate gasped and almost laughed at that. But how? He respects you greatly. He has spoken at length to me about your work and your qualifications, as well as a number of other things. He has? That stunned her. She wouldn't have thought Spencer even knew much about her except for her name. Oh, yes. To the point that I suspect he might have halfway fallen in love with you. Richard chuckled. The boy has stars in his eyes when it comes to you, Miss Cross. Not that his romantic interest has any involvement in my job offer to you whatsoever. She sat back against the side of the booth, her heart pounding at the thought of him having stars in his eyes for her. I know you will be conducting interviews with several companies in the coming weeks. The purpose of this lunch is a chance for me to informally speak with you about staying on here at Howe Marketing. We will be announcing several new positions at the end of the month, and I would like to offer you the senior account manager position. Is that all right? You do not need to accept it, of course, if you have an offer that you want to accept elsewhere. You'll have until the end of the month to make a decision. We'll need to know if you wish to accept before the start of the new year. I, she paused, cleared her throat and tried to gather herself before replying. I would like that, Mr. Howe, she said. But as you said, I am still responding to interview requests. Yes, yes, of course. I would be surprised if you weren't. I just want to make sure Howe is still in the running for you. Okay, she promised him. Good. Let's enjoy our lunch, Richard said as a server arrived with their meals. When Kate returned to the office, she heard that Spencer was going to be gone for a week. Mary Ellen said he'd left for the airport right after his lunch with Emery Lockwood. How did your lunch with Richard go? 
Mary Ellen asked as Kate settled into her new office. Good, I think. He said he plans to offer me a promotion to senior account manager at the end of the month if I decide to stay here at Howe. That's good news, isn't it? I know you like working here. I do, Kate admitted. But she wasn't sure she could work here after she and Spencer had had mind-blowing sex. What if that one time wasn't enough for him? Or for her? She knew that if she stayed too close to Spencer, she would always want more. Living in a look-but-don't-touch kind of world, she wasn't sure she could survive. What's more, she was afraid that Richard Howe's offer had only come because Spencer had asked him to make it. If that was the case, she definitely couldn't stay. She couldn't take a job offer that had come about because she'd slept with her boss. She had to find a way to talk to Spencer and figure out what he'd said to his uncle before she could make a decision about her future. Chapter Four Kate could almost swear she had simply blinked and the three weeks since she and Spencer broke her desk had flown by. She had been so busy with work projects that she hadn't realized she hadn't seen Spencer but once or twice since he'd returned from his work trip two weeks ago. The few glimpses she'd had of him had been like ice-cold glasses of water, just out of reach to a woman dying of thirst. Now she was on the verge of leaving Hal Marketing to go work somewhere else, which meant likely never seeing Spencer again. She had made up her mind, mostly. Trouble Inc. had offered her quite an impressive employment package, as had a few other companies. Mary Ellen had casually let slip that very morning that she had seen Hal Marketing's offer for her on Richard's desk. Now Kate was facing her choice, since tonight was the company holiday party and her decision would be final. As she rode the elevator down with Mary Ellen, she fidgeted with the hem of her dark blue cocktail dress. The fancy office building that Howe Marketing rented had a ballroom on the first floor. You'll love this party. It's so much fun. Richard knows how to get everybody to relax and have a good time. We always raise a lot of money for charity, too. Kate made small talk with her friend as the elevator doors opened. Big band music echoed through the air as they headed for the distant open ballroom doors. Blue and white lighting mixed with silver decorations everywhere made the large ballroom sparkle, like it belonged to a winter ball of some fairy king and queen. Wow, you weren't kidding, Kate murmured to Mary Ellen. Can we just sit anywhere, or? You're assigned to table four. Mary Ellen nodded to where Richard and his wife, Rhea, were speaking to other couples. Spencer was clearly a lonely seventh wheel in the group as he nursed a cocktail in one hand. His other hand was in his trouser pocket, and the pose pushed his suit coat back and showed off his physique. Kate's eyes fell instinctively to his belt, and her mind replayed the sound of that belt clicking as he tore open his pants to get inside her that night. God, the man was going to be the death of her. She stopped at the table, which was directly in front of the podium on the stage. She was careful to keep Spencer on the other side of the table, more to stop herself from doing something stupid. Not that she even knew what she might do, but Spencer was looking too irresistible tonight, and he had that uncanny ability to rob her of good sense. Kate, Richard greeted warmly, and everyone clustered around him turned her way, including Spencer. Hi, she blushed furiously at everyone staring at her. This is my wife, Rhea, Richard announced and gave his wife's waist a squeeze. Rhea was a petite brunette close to Richard in age. Her eyes were bright with mischief as she smiled at Kate. 
Come sit by Spencer. He failed to secure a date for tonight, and he's rather lonely, Maria said and winked at Spencer. Spencer narrowed his eyes, lifted his glass to his lips, and took a long drink. But he never stopped looking in Kate's direction. She was introduced to the other two couples, who were guests and friends of Richard's. After the introductions, she took her seat beside Spencer at the table. So, today you graduated. Spencer said to her as the other couples at the table were soon distracted by their own conversations. Yes, the ceremony was at lunch. I was only gone a few hours. I didn't mean to miss. I'm not counting your absence, Kate. The way he said her name softly, almost sweetly, tore a hole open in her chest that made it hard to breathe. I only wanted to congratulate you on the achievement. I'm proud of you, and please don't mistake me. I'm not patronizing you when I say that. I genuinely mean it. MBAs take work and dedication, two things I deeply respect and value. Thank you, she replied, her voice a little breathless. I value those things too. They both looked away as the salad course was placed in front of them. Despite their table being fully occupied, whenever Spencer's eyes met hers and held her gaze, she felt like they were completely alone. Something unspoken passed between them like it had when they'd been locked in each other's arms on her desk a month ago. It was deeper than words could ever capture. So my uncle said he spoke with you about your future, Spencer asked, but rather than break the spell around them, it lingered in the air as fine as fairy dust, making everything glow. Yes, he did. I, she hesitated. I don't know if I will stay. She needed to ask him what the job offer meant. Had she earned it over the last several months? Or was it because they'd been together that night? The answer to that question was everything. She knew Richard had said it had nothing to do with Spencer's interest in her, but she needed to hear Spencer say that. I hope you'll agree to stay. Spencer spoke quietly, but that was all he said on the matter. As the next course was delivered, Richard went up to the stage and began announcing new staff promotions while everyone ate their entrees. When he reached the account manager department, he called Kate's name and held up an envelope. Kate Cross has been promoted senior account manager. For a moment, Kate just stared at Richard. Then her gaze flicked to Spencer. She hadn't thought he'd make such a public announcement when they'd really only talked about it as a job offer, but the way Richard was smiling at her, he seemed so excited for her to accept. This was the position she'd been working for, but she couldn't shake the uneasiness she felt about how it had come about. Kate joined the other employees up on stage to collect her envelope, and then took her seat. Richard then transitioned to discussing his chosen charity for the year, and the auction for various trips and prizes began with a professional auctioneer running the event. The information envelope for the promotion was heavy in Kate's lap. By the time the auction was over and the dance floor was open, employees and their significant others happily making merry, Kate needed to be alone to think. She got up and Spencer stood as well. Care to dance, Kate? He asked. Dance? She asked. One dance, he said. It wasn't a command, but she didn't say no. Instead, she put her hand in his, his fingers were warm as they closed around hers, and he led her out onto the dance floor. The music was slow and sweepingly romantic, just like the old black and white movies she liked watching when she had a cold and needed to stay home from school or work. 
It was music that made her think of Cary Grant or Clark Gable. Spencer pulled her close, their bodies almost touching. He curled one arm around her waist and held her hand with his other as they swayed. Have you made a decision yet? He asked. About the job? She tilted her head back to look up at him. She liked that he was taller than her and how it felt to be enveloped in his arms. And liking that was part of her problem with this entire situation. Yes. They spun in a slow circle, and he twirled her before pulling her back against him. This time their bodies did touch, and she suddenly worried everyone would see them dancing and make the exact sort of assumption she was afraid of. I still haven't decided, she said, feeling like a fool. It should have been an easy decision, stay or go, but Spencer, as part of the equation, made everything almost impossible to decide. Would it make any difference if I asked you to stay again? Spencer's voice was soft, and she knew the music was loud enough that no one would overhear them. For you? She asked as her gaze moved over his face. His chiseled jaw, his high cheekbones and piercing dark eyes. He was such a mystery to her, and yet she felt like he was vital for her next breath. How was that even possible? For six months, she'd never imagined that working so close to him would build this feeling inside her. If I said yes, for me, would that send you running into my arms or running away from me? His response startled her. She hadn't thought he'd wanted her back the way she so clearly wanted him. You want me? His chuckle was low, dark, and enticingly sinful. Kate, want is such an inadequate word for what I feel when it comes to you. I don't just wildly, passionately make love to women on top of a desk all the time, or ever. What happened between us? That was something spectacular that I've never felt with anyone else. But I can't see how we could make it. We've barely spent any time together. You don't know me. We've barely spent any time alone. But that doesn't mean I don't know you. You cannot start your morning unless you have a cup of Earl Grey to warm your hands. You always raise your mug to inhale the scent, and you make this little half smile that, well, to sound like a fool, gives me butterflies. She stared up at him. This brooding, intense man was capable of butterflies? And you work tirelessly, but you always pause to breathe. It reminds me to do the same. I love the way everyone adores you the moment they meet you, and how you always seem to make everything around you glow. It makes me feel strange, like I might stumble, but also like I could run for miles. I know your favorite color is aquamarine blue because it makes you think of that summer you studied history in Greece during college. You hate the taste of cinnamon, unless it's mixed with sugar on your buttered toast. Shall I go on? He arched that dark brow at her, and all she could do was shake her head in wonder. He'd seen so much of her, yet she had seen nothing of him. I don't know anything about you, she admitted woefully, her heart suddenly aching at the thought. Be mine, Kate, and you'll have all of me, everything. Are you trying to say that you love me? She asked in a timid whisper, strangely afraid of what answer she might hear. I've never been in love before, so I'm not sure if I am. I only know that thinking of stepping out of that elevator and not seeing you makes it hard for me to breathe. His dark eyes were smoldering, 
something she had not known was even possible outside of the romance novel she had read. What will people think? I'm given a senior account position when I've been at Hal for less than a year and suddenly we're together as a couple. Don't you see how that makes me look? I can't be that woman. It's not fair to women, but we are judged by the relationships we have with the men we work with. He stopped dancing with her and simply held on to her, but she felt a stillness in his body that went soul deep. Is that what you think is happening? That Richard decided to offer you the job because I asked him to so I could have you. Is it? She countered. Knowing her tone was barbed, but so much of her life would be defined by the truth in this moment. He stepped back, letting go of her. I advise you to check your paperwork. It will tell you what you need to know. Good night. He turned and slipped away through the crowd of dancing couples and headed between the tables toward the ballroom doors. Kate stood there an agonizing moment before she returned to their table and retrieved the job off her packet. She opened it and examined the paperwork. It was dated at the top, but the date was wrong. It stated the date the paperwork had been completed, reviewed, and approved by Richard was six months ago, the day she'd first interviewed for the associate position. Everything all right? Rhea asked. She had come back to the table for her shawl and was watching Kate with a worried expression. I'm not sure. I think the date on this paperwork is wrong. It says the offer was approved six months ago. Richard must have put the wrong date. Rhea glanced at the papers in Kate's hand, then smiled. Oh, that's no mistake. Richard came home from work and told me how about this brilliant young woman he had interviewed that day. He said if she accepted the associate program, he planned to hire her for the senior position when she was done with her MBA. He told me he'd signed everything and gotten it approved the same day. So Spencer didn't... What does Spencer have to do with that? Rhea wrapped her shawl around her shoulders. Well, he might have asked Richard to give me the job when I first started working here. No, he didn't. Richard made this decision all on his own when he first interviewed you six months ago. Spencer didn't ask him. Kate was certain the ground beneath her would open up and swallow her whole. What's this about, Kate? Rhea put a hand on her arm. I thought Spencer might have convinced Richard to give me the job because... Because he's interested in you? Rhea's guess was astute. Yes. Oh, dear. Yes, I could see how that would be problematic if it were true, but it isn't. The truth of the matter rather simplifies things, doesn't it? Only for him. People will still make assumptions about me. Some might, Rhea agreed. But do you really care what those people think? Spencer certainly won't, and he'd likely fire anyone who spreads rumors like that. He's rather protective that way when he cares about someone. Kate slowly slid the papers back into the folder, and her gaze automatically searched for him, even though she knew he was gone. Why don't you hand me those? Rhea took the papers. Shall I tell Richard you'll start the new position on Monday? Yes, Kate replied as she handed Rhea the folder and rushed toward the ballroom exit. She had to find Spencer. Rhea was right. Damn anyone who said she hadn't earned the job the right way. She wanted Spencer. She wanted to lay claim to him, all of him, and possess the knowledge of his life secrets like he had somehow figured out hers. She wanted to be happy. When she reached the lobby, it was completely empty, but she heard the distant elevator doors close. Had he gone upstairs to his office or left? 
Taking a chance, she rushed to the elevator bay and hit the up button. A moment later, a second elevator opened, and she ducked inside. When she reached the top floor, the doors opened to a quiet, darkened floor of Hal Marketing. Not a soul was in sight, except for the light that was on in Spencer's office. She approached the door far less confidently than she had felt a minute ago. Kate peered through the crack and saw that he was leaning back against the edge of his desk, facing the night skyline of Chicago, his arms crossed. His face was shadowed by the golden glow of the small desk light behind him. Mr. Howe, Spencer. He turned and his face became even more shadowed. You decided not to take the job, he guessed. Actually, I accepted it. Or rather, your aunt is going to tell your uncle that I have. She stepped into his office and closed the door. Careful, Kate. Someone might think you're trying to take advantage of me. And if I am? She walked toward him and stopped just in front of him as he uncrossed his legs. They were close enough that she felt his heat burning through her. He held out a hand, and when she placed her palm in his, he pulled her to stand between his legs, and she leaned into him while he sat back against the desk. I might need a new desk when we're done. He cupped her face in his hands, and she fell into him, wrapping her arms around his shoulders. He kissed her hard, ruthlessly, and then it softened, but only just enough that she felt his lips curve into a smile, a full, wide, happy grin. She opened her eyes and took in the expression, feeling the sun come out. Seeing him smile was everything she had dreamed of and more. Tell me all your secrets, Spencer, every one of them. She begged and curled her fingers around his wrists. He still held her face gently in his hands, and he rubbed his thumbs over her cheeks as he continued to smile that soft sort of smile that made her heart turn over in her chest. That might take a lifetime, Kate. I suppose I could stick around that long, she teased. But he had such a seriousness to his eyes, despite his smile that she understood what he was asking and what she was agreeing to. Very well. My first secret is that I, too, like Earl Grey tea in the morning. And? She pressed. And? He leaned in to whisper conspiratorially in her ear. I rather liked breaking that desk with you. She laughed softly and kissed him. Then let's see if we can't break yours. She walked around him and swiped off the paperwork that lay on its surface. Then she sat back on the desk and beckoned him with a finger. He tore at the tie around his throat, ripping it loose as he came at her, and Kate laughed until Spencer kissed her soundly. Everything else was forgotten, like the papers scattered on the floor between them. One year later. Mr. Lang, Howe Marketing's office manager, was about to sit down to answer his emails when he spotted a typed letter on the seat of his chair. Mr. Lang, please replace my assistant's, scratch that, husband's broken desk with something that can handle a lot of hard stapling. Sincerely, Spencer Howe, CEO, scratch that, Kate Cross Howe, senior account manager. Mr. Lang stared at the letter. It wasn't the first time he'd received a similar letter, but this time it had a few different words crossed out, like the CEO and secretary. Spencer Howe had sent the request last year, but this one came from his wife. 
Mr. Lang sat back in his chair, utterly flummoxed. What the hell were they doing that kept breaking desks? With a sigh and a smile, he picked up his phone to call the company's preferred furniture provider and placed an order for a new desk, one far sturdier than its predecessor. This is Stella Hunter. We hope you've enjoyed this production of Fit to be Stapled, written by Lauren Smith, narrated by Stella Hunter. Copyright 2022, Lauren Smith. Production copyright 2022, Lauren Smith. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. Thank you so much, Lauren Smith, for bringing Fit to be Stable to us this week. We appreciate you being with us again. You're welcome back anytime, Time. especially with audiobooks. <laughs> um, up next week, we have got Christina Allen, which I'm super excited about. She is actually a friend that I met during blogging days. So it's we go way back and she's blogging love of books turned author. So that's I'm so excited to have her with us. We've been friends for a while. And so, um, you know, now we can finally reach out and get her on the podcast. This is going to be awesome. So I wanted to mention that we have another release. That's right. We have two releases this week. Oh my God. I forgot. This we one. Signed up, we signed up for two, to be a part of two series. Like we mm-hmm. said, the other one was the Cowboys one. Mm-hmm. These are all standalones. They're not like connected. They're just all like same themes. Mm-hmm. Like taboo themes or Cowboys mm-hmm. themes. This yeah. one is in part of the blurred line scenes. And mm-hmm. it's called Your Daddy Likes It. I will read the book bio. Go for it. Okay. Nadia's date with Nadia's date with a jerk from high school her high school is a complete and total disaster. When his father finds her crying in the pool house, she's surprised at how good he makes her feel. When Walsh finds Nadia alone and upset, his only thought is to make it all better. After taking care of her, he realizes that doing it felt good too good now he's obsessive obsessing about all the ways to keep her forever warning this book is this book is rated o for oh my god (laughs) find a secret corner of your house and put the do not disturb you're going to need some alone time (laughs) and i want to make a side note because for people like me it's not like his biological father. Yes. Kind of thing. So he hasn't had babies with other women or mm-hmm. whatever. So. Yeah. He's so like his ward. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can check that out. Like everything we've mentioned is in the show notes. So mm-hmm. click away. And is there anything else? Nope. All right. Then tell him what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance, read, read me romance.